Welcome to Shortcut the Sunday. I'm Ben. And I'm Bruce. And this is your podcast for April 30th, 2023, the fourth Sunday of Easter. And we are coming to you not live on behalf of Holy Family Episcopal Church in Fishers, Indiana. Bruce, how are you doing? As of as of the moment of this recording, at least, how are you doing? <laughs> not trying to forecast the future. I will say I'm doing fine. <laughs> good, good. Fine is good. I like it. Uh, so, uh, yeah, uh, we are fourth Sunday. We've got a few more here in easter and then we're in the season after pentecost um, but first we get to have pentecost that's true that's true we do uh the flames of the, the tongues of fire uh looking forward to that terrifying image um and <laughs> <laughs> memorial um, day weekend yes so if, a, if anyone has a supercharger on their indy 500 car then we might see some flames <laughs> there uh yeah i don't think anyone does but hey i don't think that's allowed anymore i don't think so either but if you want to quick uh install something that's not street legal and show it off at Pentecost, <laughs> start now <laughs> i was gonna say drive <laughs> and the night before drive it on the big main street i live near because that's what happens on saturday nights is drag racing <laughs> oh is it really yeah, well, that sounds uh, like uh, you'd get some well, very deep sleep for, uh, as a result. Well, sounds I have good. to admit, I, I I like cars enough that I realize I really can just fall asleep to that, whereas my neighbors are going nuts. Uh, <laughs> oh, no. Because yeah. it took me a little while to get used to the sideshow noise, you know, when the, they're doing donuts. Oh, uh, yeah. I can, now I can fall asleep to that, too. <laughs> good, 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 good. Nice. Uh, well, uh, yeah, so... Fourth Sunday of Easter, we still got lots of things going on at the church. Uh, Bruce, what do you want to? Oh, yeah. What do you want to point out? What do you want to draw some attention to this week? Um, well, this week on Wednesday evening, we have the men's gathering. Mm -hmm. um, I think it starts at seven at the church. Um, and let's see, we have coming up May sixth the big flower sale. That's a Saturday. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, and Mother's Day, we'll have. Uh, brunch for the whole parish to celebrate mm -hmm, mother's day mm -hmm. it's not just for mothers the, the males do not have to stand back for lornly watching <laughs> <laughs> well very considering how few of us have mothers uh um you know it, it's kind of a limited celebration <laughs> kidding i'm not going to touch that kidding I'm of course touch if, that. <laughs> if uh, uh if you're sitting there wondering whether or not you have a mother uh you do <laughs> Someone has mothered you. Uh, if you have, if you if have a belly button, you definitely did. If you're and like me, you, you have many mothers. <laughs> I One belly button. I need many... constant supervision. <laughs> constant supervision. So uh, pretty much everyone's my mother. Um, uh, but uh, but yeah, okay, all right. So we got our Mother's Day brunch. Anything else? Uh, um da, 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 we already did i think those are the major ones those leading up towards memorial day okay okay lots of i, I know oh um first sunday in may we have the um um prayer 33 and a third sunday evening oh that's right yeah yeah, yeah. what's what's this uh what's may gonna be on what's the joel 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 will be disc jockeying us Ooh. Um, so it won't just be it in the up till now the it's been a complete album 
uh-huh. or or matching sides or complementary sides of two albums. This time it'll be individual tracks with lots of conversation around them. So Ooh. I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah, so he'll, he'll be, be selecting uh, pieces for us to listen to. That'll yeah. be all right. That'll be cool. That'll be really cool. Well, very good. Well, uh, as that, that's what's coming up, let's look. Uh, let's look back in the past a little bit. Um, let's look. See who died. How? <laughs> uh, this day in church history, April thirtieth. Uh, let's uh, let's travel, if you will, back with me uh, back to four eighteen uh, uh, A.D. Roman em- Emperor on- Honorius uh, issues an imperial edict banishing. Uh, Pelagians uh, from Rome as a great threat to the peace. They seem to teach that people have a say in their own salvation apart from grace. So, shame yeah, on them. Yeah, that sounds accurately. Shame, accurate. shame on them for being involved. <laughs> <laughs> I guess. Um, 1367, Pope Urban sails from Avignon to uh, Italy to restore the papacy to Rome. I'm trying to remember where it was. Uh, pri- Avignon. Oh, was it? Okay. All right. Yeah. Because I knew there were like there was a long period of time where there were like a bunch of false popes, or quote I should say quote unquote false popes. The the safest way to describe this is dueling popes. Ah, there you go. Okay. There, which is not France, as exciting as one what, in as, Rome. Yeah, that not that's not as exciting as what it sounds. <laughs> I would soon to be a mini series on Netflix. Right, right. I would I would either like to see like Pistols at Dawn popes uh or uh a take on dueling pianos but they're popes so they're like uh do, do maybe st- uh stand up or I shouldn't say stand up but like stage uh stage play edicts to the crowd and they duel back and forth uh to try to win the crowd over. Sounds fun to me. I mean, I you know, I'd, I'd pay for a drink ticket for that. Um, <laughs> we'll keep that in mind for the next parish fundraiser. <laughs> bring it out. Bring it. Bring another uh, um, another uh, uh, person to deliver a, a like a, a gospel reading and interpretation. No, I was going could... straight with the dueling keyboard oh, thing. Dueling keyboard. There you go. There you yeah. go. I like it. Uh, Fifteen twenty-four. We see the death in battle. Of, uh, sorry. Dying in battle, Chevalier de Bayard considered the epitome of a Christian courtier uh, and one of the finest soldiers in France, a knight without fear and without reproach. That last part being in quotes. So, um, uh, <laughs> Chevalier de Bayard. Um, but, but why is that on a church date? Uh, you know, the... The authority for the date only comes from uh, Wikipedia, the absolute truest source of information. Uh, <laughs> but my guess would be it says considered to be the epitome of a Christian courtier. Uh, oh, OK. OK. That uh, still seems not quite worthy, but I'll in go with 1524, it. Uh, uh, most of the battles uh, 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 during this period of time have a religious nature of them, I'm sure, as well. So almost if not every single one. Yeah. <laughs> every, exactly. So uh, I, I suppose those might be the two links. Um, 1658, Marguerite uh, Bourgeois uh, establishes the first uncloistered Catholic missionary community in the New World at uh, Ville-Marie in Canada. Interesting. Oh, okay. 
Um, and just my because... bet would be around Quebec, but that's just a guess because that's that was the center of the French colony. Yeah, and uh, oh yeah, that, that that very well might be uh, an uncloistered. Oh, so, okay. Okay, fine, got it. My brain was not translating uh, cloister uh, at all for whatever reason. And I was like, what does that mean? Um, it's not a term that comes up often in American culture. That's true. That's true. Uh, so, so, uh, um, but yeah, I'll have to look up. Actually, let's do it real quick. Ville Marie, uh, Canada. Where are you? Where are you? Searching. And je- while, while you Quebec. search, Quebec. Hey, I'm a winner. You are a winner. How about that? And looks, I did ooh, not it looks know. It gorgeous. I want to go there. <laughs> and that's probably one reason they put the cloister, the non-cloister there. Yeah. The mm-hmm. religious community there, because that's part of the inspiration of a religious community is, nat- is God's nature all around you. Yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. I could understand why you would worship God here. Sorry, I'm getting all caught up in some of these images. Uh, trying to plan a vacation. All Pull him out of the head. rabbit hole. <laughs> uh, let's move on. 1854, missionary James Calvert experiences joy when a Fijian chief of Viwa Island orders that the death drums, that sounds terrifying, formerly used to announce human sacrifice, it's as, ex- as terrifying as I thought, uh, yep. will now call everyone to the worship of God. Um Okay. <laughs> I think that might take a while for people to really believe it. Yeah. Uh, w- weird. Uh, <laughs> I would I would not trust it for the first few months, I don't think. Yeah. <laughs> I would wait for uh, plenty of, of you know, uh, hey, did you go to worship God after the death drums? <laughs> you did? Okay. And, and you're you still came al- back. Okay. <laughs> and you are still alive. You're not, a, not an apparition. I will. Okay. All right. I will take that. Um so, uh, let's see here. Uh, same day, same year. Uh, death at Mount Sheffield of James Montgomery to the death drums. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, author. <laughs> Came to church. <laughs> arrived at church too early. <laughs> arrived at church. <laughs> the no, announcement no, no. hadn't gotten to everybody yet. Um, no, uh, uh, James Montgomery, author of The Christmas Carol, Angels from the Realms of Glory. So a, so a hymnal entry there. So it's just um, that he died is... Yeah, yeah. Okay, uh, okay. Yeah. Uh, 1867, death of... Okay, Ignatius. okay, wait a minute, oh. wait a minute. So this guy, of blessed memory, wrote this beautiful traditional Christmas carol. Yes. He, he gets to heaven, and what everyone has turned the volume up to hear is the first playing of the death drums in Fiji. 100%. 100%. <laughs> and he's like, am I in the right heaven? <laughs> It's like, oh, it's a big deal. They're not using them for death anymore. It's now just for church. I wrote beautiful music, <laughs> and I'm gonna. I'm not. I'm. I mean, I'm not here to criticize other people's musicality, but um, they were called death drums for a reason. These sound terrifying. Uh, I and I. I'm sure I'd enjoy them. <laughs> The, the drums, it. the drums part, not the death Just part. the drums part. Yeah, yeah. Gotcha. I love good percussion. <laughs> uh, 1867, uh, we also see the death of Ignatius uh, Brian Chaninov, who had been a bishop and theologian of the Russian Orthodox Church and the writer of many books on prayer and spiritual life intended primarily for monks, so not for you. Um, yeah. <laughs> 
But, Those dudes uh, in the cloister. But you know what? The theologians, uh, only a few of them uh, really get, uh, you know, like brand name recognition in, in our memory. So, uh, well, uh, at least in the list you use. Yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> exactly. Because it's, it's it it definitely skews Protestant. Yeah. So, yeah, they're not remembering some of the cl- very classic Roman Catholic theologians that as Episcopalians we still read. Yes. Uh, 1882. But, I, but I'm not bitter. Oh. I'm not bitter. <laughs> You're no. not bitter about <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> exactly right. Uh, in 1882, Novelmo... Uh, ooh, that's an interesting name. How would you pronounce that? Lemvo. Wow, that's cool. N-L-E-M-V-O. Lemvo. Uh, uh, converts to Christianity. as. His uh, initial uh, real, uh, I should say, not real name, birth name. You broke uh, your mouth. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Mantantu uh, Dundulu. Uh, uh, so I guess it changed his name to uh, Mlemvo. Converts to Christianity, <laughs> the first Protestant convert. I'm going to keep moving because I'm butchering it. Uh, well, I'm just can... thinking because this name was so much easier to spell. <laughs> right? Exactly. <laughs> Uh, converts to Christianity, the first Protestant convert in the Congo. He will collaborate in translating the New Testament Proverbs and Psalms into the Kikongo language with other oh, Christian literature. So that's kind of cool. Yeah. Uh, 1882. Uh, so that well, that's pretty cool. Uh, 1947, uh, our last entry here for this day, is the Scriptures Visualized Institute, which is an... I didn't, I'm not sure familiar with that the scriptures visualized institute moves two days before its old lease expires almost miraculously its new building had been completed in time despite steel shortages it's one of the earliest gospel film companies that's that what will i was gonna make, guess that will make a lasting impact in the field so um the svi yeah their their big thing is um that because so many people do not read well, and mm-hmm. perhaps the Bible's not written into their language yet. They they started out by making silent movies of Bible stories so that oh. they'd be universally um, digested. But now, I shouldn't say now, I presume they still exist. They mm-hmm. mo- moved on to sound movies as um, Christian works spread into more and more different countries around the world. Yeah, I wonder if at this point in time, because this was 1947, probably uh, w- did involve sound by that point. Um, well, no, they, it was strategically they weren't using sound. Oh, 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 oh. I thought you were just in- implying they started during the silent movie area. No, You're no, saying... it was it was that they didn't want the lack of accurate translation as the, as the missionaries encountered brand new civilizations mm-hmm. uh, to... Uh, slow down the spread of the gospel. And so they could show a silent movie about Jesus. Um, And I have to admit, (laughs) I, well, I just think. No, you've already started. You've already started. You have to admit it. Unless they had really good popcorn. I probably wouldn't have stayed for the movie. (laughs) I mean, you you know, just a few years ago, a silent movie won an Oscar. So surely, yes. there, you know, there was art form involved, right? I hope so. I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
But I'm with you because I also didn't see the artist. So, uh, <laughs> come on, man. <laughs> I did no. like the Mel Brooks silent movie. I did like that one. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. And for and, fear that we're about to go on a tangent, <laughs> no, I'm just and I, I thoroughly recommend Harold Lloyd's silent movies. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Hilarious. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, well. Let's move on to our first reading. Uh, we for probably the should. Which, uh, in tradition of the Easter season, is actually not from the Old Testament, from the New Testament, as has been the months prior. So, or months, the weeks. I, I know it, how time works. Um, uh, <laughs> so, uh, this week's reading is still in Acts chapter 2, and it's verses 42 through 47. They devoted themselves uh, to the apostles' teaching and fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. Awe came upon everyone, because many wonders and signs were being done by the apostles. All who believed were together and had all things in common. They would sell their possessions and goods and distribute the proceeds to all, as any had need. Day by day, as they spent much time together in the temple, they broke bread at home and ate their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having the goodwill of all the people. And day by day, the Lord added to their number those who were being saved. Um, so this is after Peter's speech, right? This right. is after um, uh, he delivers to the, 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 the crowd of, of mixed backgrounds. Um, the various cultures, right? Various cultures, the, the kind of like the reiteration of what the point of Jesus's ministry on earth had been. And, uh, more to the point, what his, uh, death and resurrection means for them, uh, in this kind of, uh, in a way, kind of a, a a new world. And, um, they kind of, uh, this ver, you know, this series of verses kind of show how they hippied out. Uh, as a result, I mean, did not expect you to say that, but yes, <laughs> I mean, this sounds this sounds like a commune uh, a, it, a little it's bit. It's supposed to, yeah, yeah. Um, so it does kind of make me wonder. This is in Jerusalem, right? How did the uh, the the leaders in Jerusalem uh, handle um, all these folks uh, hanging out and uh, and uh, in in the temple and just like sharing stuff and bringing their possessions in and selling and giving everything away like were they cool with it do we have any babies running around with no diapers on the whole scene um probably yeah they probably frankly were cool with it that this was at this time in that part of the world groups living that way were not you were not uncommon it come it came it came into the region from Greek culture, and the Greeks had conquered Jerusalem and those other areas before the Romans. Mm-hmm. Um, that in those those cases, it were it were it was um, philosophical schools we would now call them mm-hmm. that would gather and live communally that way before and during this time and after this time actually there we know about the community of what we now call the community of Qumran where we uh, which produced the Dead Sea Scrolls oh, okay and mm-hmm. we know from the scrolls and from archaeology that these were the rules they lived by 
and so that's and they probably were not unique among uh, Jewish spiritual groups. So mm-hmm. it probably was not at all uncommon, particularly at the temple, to see portions of these communities there worshiping. I mean, okay. since the the temple was the the place to pray for Jews, so. Yeah, if you were part of a spiritual community that was Jewish-based, you would at least occasionally, um, if not regularly, worship in the temple. Right, right, right. Um, and, and the rest of chapter 2 does take place in Jerusalem. So, so that is where this portion of the blossoming community of Jesus followers w- was located. Gotcha. Um now, I, I, I do have kind of a, maybe a, a uh, translative question here. Are you prepared for that today? I'll give it a shot. Okay. Uh, right when we start here, uh, verse 42, uh, devoting themselves to the apostles' teachings and to fellowship. I'm curious as to know the difference between the word fellowship and then to the phrase uh, that comes next, which is to the breaking of bread. Um, because I'm, I'm kind of curious if that phrase is our interpretation of the words um because it does kind of feel like it's more reinforcing the institutional aspect of communion that we have today and i'm wondering if it's really a one-to-one or or not it actually yes it is a one one-to-one translation out of the greek oh interesting okay so hmm, what yeah i'll go ahead and say it um, very Protestant and evangelical scholars don't don't necessarily agree with that. They'll say, okay. "Oh no, it, it has to mean something a bit different." But the most straightforward Greek is. Let me just make sure exactly how it's translated in the, in the teaching and fellowship. Yeah, that the way that verse. 42 is translated into English and the translation we're using is word for word Greek accurate. Okay. Okay. And the um, breaking the breaking of the the breaking of the bread does refer to a holy Eucharist. Okay. Okay. Um I suppose by the time that the book was written that might that might have been a little bit more established. I mean obviously Oh yeah. Like, oh yeah. Okay. Because, I mean, obviously, like, breaking bread and sharing a meal together was communal to begin with. Uh, it, yeah. it might not have had that institutional aspect, but I was kind of curious as to whether or not it was just like, hey, is this another, you know, word for, you know, fellowship together? But, like, right. you know, or dinner <laughs> fellowship. <laughs> or pastries. <laughs> right, exactly. Um so, um, so, so these are the, these are kind of in a way, so these are the three things that they devoted themselves to the apostles, uh, uh, spending time with the apostles and, uh, listening to their teachings, which is, I think that first, uh, pair, yeah. um, the breaking of bread, which means the observance of, which would be the actual observance of, uh, of, of kind of that communal aspect and then, uh, praying together, which is, yeah, this is a. This, this is a hippie commune. <laughs> <laughs> well, and the the fellowship is deserves its own category too. Mm-hmm. Um, that it's distinct from the because te- we translate teaching and fellowship. That's accurate, but it really is meant to be two distinctive concepts. 
mm-hmm. that yeah. um, that that fellowship is that the Greek word is the koinonia, which for Christians is one of the key Greek ways of describing a Christian community. Yeah. 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 I am struck by this passage that um, this is this is basically um, this is this is kind of like uh, the the nirvana of uh, of Jesus's teachings. This is like the culmination yeah. of exactly what uh, he asked them to do, exactly what he was trying to teach other people uh about uh during his ministry um uh spending time together in the breaking of the bread praying to god um he told the apostle the, the disciples that they would sh- uh, do many signs and wonders uh, uh to, to 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 people throughout the land you know check that box um th- this line here all who believed were together and had all things in common i mean this is you know this is uh you want to talk about uh, bringing heaven on earth? The way this passage is written, it sounds like, uh, yeah, and here we did it. Um, right. Sell, selling their possessions and goods to distribute the proceeds to, to all who had any need. Um, this, uh, this, uh, um, this was this this was uh, mission accomplished right here. Right, and so one of the big unanswerable questions is whether or not this actually happened this way. Yeah. Yeah. That was <laughs> going to be my question. I'm like, but it didn't, didn't last. <laughs> like how long, you know, yeah. what happened? <laughs> well, the, the quick answer to that is the Romans. Oh, okay. That, cause they, after all destroyed the temple, not long after this. Uh, I gotcha. And killed everyone in Jerusalem who was still in Jerusalem. So that caused, you know, thousands to flee and scatter and that was part of the the shared jewish christian experience and so mm. the 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 so the communities that had formed often had to reform with new people as they found new places to live around the roman empire gotcha both Jewish and primarily followers of Christ. But again, they were almost one in the same. Gotcha. M- meaning that they were, anyone who's a Christian was also Jewish. Not meaning anyone who's Jewish was also Christian. Okay. Yeah. 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 Right. Got it. Um, yeah. And day by day, the Lord added to their number. So that's, that's what ended up happening so i in a way yeah one one thing to really emphasize here we often romanticize that oh you know it'd be so great just hang out hang out in the cloister and pray and eat eat simply and listen to good teaching and worship some more but also it emphasizes that they took care of people who were in physical need right yeah. Yeah, and as you pointed out, um, whether or not this actually happened, uh, one would one would kind of think it lend itself to believe or, or lend themselves to believe that uh, um, an aspect of this, you know, th- there was there was a reason why the Romans destroyed the temple. Yeah. <laughs> um, so uh, 
yeah, very possible uh, that this is, uh, it, it, you know, what ended up happening because uh, something would have sparked it, uh, and and not just like, uh, you know what, you know what, we haven't done in a while, destroyed the temple. Let's go do that. <laughs> yeah, it, it, the temple certainly was a center of spiritual and political power that countered the Romans, right. and the Romans only put up with that for so long before they destroyed it all. Right. Exactly. Exactly right. So, um, anything else about this passage? Um, I, I want to make sure people get what I'm saying is that it, it's important. We don't know if this actually historically happened in this way, but mm -hmm. by the time Luke wrote this down, it was crucial for all Christians to know this is the goal. Right. Right. Um, and so one so, could understand why he might uh, write so like hey you know it can be done you yeah, know what i mean exactly yes it can be done and and christians have tried in various ways to do it and some have succeeded some have not mm -hmm. uh, but it's it's always good to try yeah 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 absolutely uh, well, let's move on to our, uh, our psalm for the day. Uh, it's a uh, it's Psalm 23. It's not very well known. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, we'll have a lot to talk about. Uh, so let's let's run through it here. Psalm 23. Uh, and yeah, it, sing along only, at home. <laughs> it's only six verses long. Uh, stop me if you've heard it before. The Lord is my shepherd. I heard shall it. not. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I fear no evil. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I shall dwell in the house of the Lord my whole life long. Um, and depending on what denomination of uh, church you may have grown up in, uh, parts of that might have, you know, as you said it, the words with me, uh, might have been slightly different, but uh, oh, yeah. pretty much, pretty much uh, exactly the, the, the same. Um, but uh, as, as we read it this time around, I am struck that this is, it, it, I, it's kind of got that same, you know, hippie commune vibe uh, as, uh, as the first... <laughs> You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I can, yeah. You know, he makes me lie down in green pastures, man. And, uh, you know, we just, it, it goes well with this, uh, accomplishment that is kind of recorded in, in our first reading in, in the, in chapter two of Acts. Um, I, I feel like it, it, it pairs well with it. It's a, it's a good pairing. Yeah. It's actually more, um, pointed at the Gospel of John, but I won't give that away yet. Yeah, I haven't read it yet, so who cares about okay. that yet? No, <laughs> no, one cares, no one cares about the Gospel of John yet. We haven't done it. <laughs> um, uh, go ahead. I, one of the... This is one of those Bible passages that we kind of defang it i think a little too quickly oh okay how um, so that i mean it's it's one that gets 
printed out and hung on kids' room in kids' bedrooms to have them pray at night or just have it staring at them in the dark or whatever. Uh-huh. Um, I'm thinking my mom when she was a kid had one, um, you know, watercolor print of this little girl with a sheep, and uh-huh. then the 23rd Psalm on it. The little girl gave me the creeps, but <laughs> her eyes were way too big. Uh, <laughs> but anyway. It's it really is supposed to be a song of trust and protection. Okay. That, uh-huh. And to have a, a psalm that's meaningful about protection, you have to be willing to admit that life can be dangerous at times. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so you know, we sometimes you know play down the shadow of death or um what happens if you don't go on the right path and things like that right. which is a pre- a presumption that that's in our minds as we're praying this right 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 um yeah i think you're i think you're right i think i think we have had a tendency to to kind of change the meaning there um or at least water it down yeah no i get that yeah um and i have to admit as many times as i've read this i've never quite fully connected with the phrase your rod and your staff they comfort me um i'm not comforted by that (laughs) (laughs) you know like it's like no i don't i i don't find the rod comforting um (laughs) that's isn't that what's isn't that what us sheep are used to be isn't that what they use to beat us uh, <laughs> you know, in order to drive us the, the correct direction you kind of get whacked with the rod um that's not comforting i'm not i'm not comforted the staff i kind of get isn't that to like ward off uh or no no or, or is that the rod? you're you're reversing them okay so yeah, the rod the, is the, to ward off predators yeah so yeah what so that, the that's the the staff is is the shepherd's crook, and so yeah, okay, that's the one I don't. Yeah, it can yeah. it can literally pull a sheep out of a brambles. Um, oh, okay, all right. <laughs> we don't always get whacked by it. <laughs> we, you only get whacked by it if you're about to go over a cliffside or something. You're, gotcha. You're not supposed to damage the merchandise if you're the shepherd. So sure, it's sure, a, sure, sure. You're use it to. Um, you know, tap the sheep. You guys see my hands going through the air here. Tap the sheep, sheep on the side to get them to go in a different direction, or um, on the backside game to speed up. Right. It's it's not designed. <laughs> you know, it's not designed to raise a welt or something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, so that. So the, so the staff is what keeps us in a safe place and going mm-hmm. in the right direction. And the rod is the comfort that if there is a coyote out there, the shepherd has the tool to take care of it. All right. And maybe I'm a little bit more comforted this time around. Uh, uh, maybe you I, need I, to talk about something that happened in your childhood. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, hit stop record. <laughs> I'm not going to put it out there. <laughs> and we're back. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, uh, I, but I, I yeah, was also. I, 
But I was also going to make the I... joke here about the lying down <laughs> in green pastures, uh, uh, which you know you can't make me. Don't make you know. <laughs> I want to lie down in the brambles. Uh, you know that's my prerogative, right? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> okay, I'm saying this is this. That's the hippie image. Uh, <laughs> just lay down in the grass, man, and watch the clouds. <laughs> exactly. Well, the shepherd's got the big rod. We're safe. Yep. Uh, anything more about Psalm, the Psalm that we've, you know, what, give me something about this Psalm that you, that, that we've never heard before. What, what are we, uh, you know, this, this one's like the, if not the most well-known Psalm, uh, one of, uh, what, you know, what do we, what, what do we miss? What, what's, what's, uh, what, what passes us by? Let's see. I want to make sure I have it right. Where's that? Ah, um, the I will dwell in your house. I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Uh Instead of forever, the the Hebrew actually says for length of days. Which so forever. That's an accurate translation, but just not as poetic. I don't know. It, it, it's a length of days. Yeah. So that's, you know, but, no, I but with, I'd say that's not right. Right. Isn't that like a for an extended period of time? But in Hebrew, length of days means forever. Oh, OK. OK. So it's so it maybe is. so countless days probably would be a more direct translation. Gotcha. 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 Um. Um. Okay. All right. And and I can't tell you how many kids through the years have joked about who wants to go to church every day, let alone live there. <laughs> when well, I've been working with youth groups and stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You're gonna get that. <laughs> yeah. But and now, adult children, you know who you are. <laughs> <laughs> and and you know what. Uh, we, we, we see you, we recognize you. We know you still don't want to spend every day at church. I get it. Uh, I get it. I get it. Uh, and anything else about the Psalm? Well, it's, that's in con. I mean, that gives a little insight into the passage from Acts we just had about the apostles and the new, um, followers getting to spend so much time in the temple and worship. That, mm-hmm. that that is a dream come true for people who love Psalm 23 in that time. Got it. Got it. Yeah, that would be, uh, like I said, that's your nirvana. That's yep. a, that makes sense. Uh, well, then let's move over to our gospel reading for the day. Gospel yeah. of John, chapter 10, verse 1 through 10. So the first 10 verses of, of uh, the 10th chapter of John. Very truly, I tell you, anyone who does not enter the sheepfold by the gate, but climbs in by another way, is a thief and a bandit. The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep hear his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes ahead of them, and the sheep follow him because they know his voice. They will not follow a stranger, but they will follow or but they will run from him because they do not know the voice of strangers. Jesus used this figure of speech with them, 
but they did not understand what he was saying to them. So again, Jesus said to them, Very truly, I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. All who came before me are thieves and bandits, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters by me will be saved and will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. Um... I'm not going to lie. Jesus gets me with this one in that, like, you confused me a little bit. Like, (laughs) you you, you got me a little bit, man. Uh, Because it's like, uh, uh, you tell the story. um, Anyone who who does not enter the sheep fold, so like the group of sheep by the gate, but climbs in by another way is a thief and a bandit. But then when he restates this story, it's... Like it's different, uh, and and rather than like, uh, rather than Jesus like dumbing it down, even though he, he does also still dumb it down, he it seems like he changes aspects of the um, yeah the, the the imagery that he's using, um, because the first time around you're definitely sitting there thinking about Jesus being the gatekeeper, not the right. gate, um, right, and and so you're like. Okay, all right. The gate one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper. Oh, okay, the gatekeeper opens the gate for him. The sheep hear his voice. He calls. All right, this is a little weird, but I guess I'm kind of getting it. And then, you know, Jesus recognizes he. You're. We're not getting it, and he goes, "I'm the gate." I'm like, <laughs> wait, what? I, the inanimate object that had nothing, <laughs> literally nothing that the gate did in the first you know, iteration. It didn't say, it, it didn't even, the gate doesn't even do anything. The ga- It's the gatekeeper that does anything related to the gate uh, other than inanimately trying to keep things out or in. So what's going on here? I, he loses me a little bit. This, this passage is, and it goes on like this for quite a while longer in chapter 10. Um, confusing and loop looping or and and playing with the imagery of shepherd okay Um, okay so that's why we have the 23rd psalm um gotcha it is to me it's classic gospel of john writing where yeah it it's yeah it i feel like i should almost sit here with a very aged voice saying now that you do not understand you are beginning to understand. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if that's the point, then he's got you. you yeah, got you're it. there. Yeah, like, got it. Got it. To know that I don't know things. I didn't need this story to tell me that. <laughs> I've spent a good chunk of my adult life recognizing this fact and constantly being reminded that I don't need anything. So thanks. <laughs> Okay, here this may not work anymore, but okay. I just made it up, so this is when I'm going to use it. You have a VCR with a clock. Got it. The first part of this passage, Jesus is the clock that is flashing and needs set. Okay. In the second part of the passage, Jesus is the time. Yeah, see, yeah. 
pick a lane, Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you're going to go for imagery, stick with one and help me figure it out. <laughs> well, that's the point. You're not supposed to be able to figure it out. Okay. All right. Well, then. then yeah, mission, mission accomplished. accomplished. <laughs> mission accomplished. Uh, um. <laughs> Be- because John's big thing, I mean, as, as many words as John uses, he, over and over his technique is trying to get us to stop thinking, particularly literally. Mm-hmm. So, you know, Jesus suddenly saying he's the gate, that gets rid of people saying, oh, well, okay, Jesus is just the fulfillment of the 23rd Psalm. Let's move on. Gotcha. It's instead, gotcha. okay, Jesus, because part of what we're supposed to believe as both Christians and Jews is that God is revealed in all of the world. Mm-hmm. And so, yes, Jesus could be the gate. God could be the gate because they made all that. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, so right. it it's so it, it is some deep thinking. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely something that I would need to sit with for a while, for for longer. Um, That's because, the idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially even rereading this, my goodness. Uh, um, because yeah, any in the first version, the thief and a bandit is somebody who tries to get in from another way. Like kind of conjuring up this idea of like uh, if you're trying to, to skip a step or, or yeah. you know, you shortchange your efforts somehow, uh, you know, that's not good. Uh, but the other um, the other version is, yeah, no, but it's actually, you know, people who came before me are the thieves <laughs> and, and bandits I'm like, OK, well, wait a minute. So everybody, like, are you talking about pretender messiahs? Are you talking about yes. just everybody in general? Sometimes. Uh, <laughs> like, um, and, uh, like, you know, like, what, what, what are you, what, like, <laughs> it, it does. My brain really just wants, like, stick to one and expand on it. Like, don't, <laughs> don't, uh, you know. Oh, I am the gate gatekeeper and shepherd. No, no, no. I am the gate. Hang on one second. <laughs> I am the pasture. <laughs> I am <What>? the walrus. <laughs> Do, are you also the thieves and bandits? Like, can we skip to the end? Like, are, is it just like that? You're the the point is you're all things. But uh, I mean, clearly that's not his point because he he does expound on in each iteration. He ex- expands on. Um, uh, kind, of, kind of giving you tidbits of like roles of like oh this is what the gatekeeper does and you know the the sheep hear his voice and follow like okay so that that is a character aspect for this person that you're that you're you know categorizing as the gatekeeper um it's just you're right it's it's deep i i it, i'm having trouble coming up with things to talk about about it because i can't wrap my tiny little brain around it <laughs> well i'll 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 give you a couple tidbits okay um uh just so people know a sheepfold was usually a stone enclosure that shepherds could bring their flocks into and sometimes it would be multiple flocks um close the gate and then 
they would be safer from uh, nighttime predators. Okay. Easier to keep an eye on them. So it's, um, it's a nightly frequent place sheep want to be. Gotcha. So it is a structure, not, it's not a fold of sheep. Right. In in other words, like a group of sheep. It's a. Right. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. And, and so that gets away, hopefully from anyone's inclinations towards exclusivity that, oh, Mm. you know, I'm in Jesus's flock. You're not, you know, it's for all the sheep to be safe. Gotcha. Uh, Bandit, the term that's used here. In um, oh, it's just in verse one. It can in some places is in Greek is um, used to, as a as a title for a revolutionary. Oh, okay. So I would say if that's how I was translating it, then. This is for the people who think they can quick fix the world through a revolution. Gotcha. Gotcha. But, which, is, which is kind of what they a lot of people wanted Jesus to be. Right. Right. And certainly there are lots of revolutionaries um, hanging around Jerusalem, the Holy Land. The wars, the wars were just a few years from breaking out. Open armed conflict between... Jewish revolutionary armies and the Roman armies. Right. Right. Okay. So that would have been very relevant, that term. Hmm. And it's it it may have been one of those bones tossed to the Roman censors, so to speak, that Jesus was not supporting the revolution as the primary point of his ministry. Hmm. All right. So I'm rereading this a fourth time Uh-oh. uh <laughs> right and uh okay i i may have been too quick on jesus uh, <laughs> he appreciates hearing that <laughs> i can see a through line for this it's not as uh, uh so so the in instead this is kind of like a a, a you know and maybe this is just the way it's it's turned out for more modern christianity because uh we've had so many years and ingrained uh, imagery, uh, you know, growing up that we have a, our brains have a tendency to translate it this way. These might actually still be related. So he tells this story. Modern Christianity thinks of him as the shepherd and the gatekeeper. Um, but he comes back later and says, like, no, no, no. The, who I am is I'm the gate yeah. to go through. That would make the shepherd... Uh, the voice that the sheep listen to, which is God, the Father. Right. So he is a conduit uh, and, and is trying to communicate that he's the, the, the conduit. Um, Possibly. To, the, to, to, to that and the, you know, a form of protection for the flock and and just, uh, but he is not the, the, the voice that, the ultimate voice that we listen to. He is just... Right. Uh, uh, part of the process uh part of the of the uh the the relationship there right and the it i'm trying to think how to put this exactly so i can't when i'm thinking mostly i've seen this in the holy land but also Mm -hmm. in various um 
movies and TV shows set in the British Isles, which I've not seen in person, of of these stone enclosures for the mm-hmm. flocks, and you know how they're really impressive, even from a distance. Right. But but what makes or breaks them is the gate. It, yeah. Without the gate, they're they're pretty, and you might be able to buy some time by being in there or forcing your enemy sheep towards the coyote coming in. Um, Mm -hmm. But for all the beauty of the stonework and the impressiveness of that, it's that the simplicity of um, a gate that's not going to be made out of stone. It's not going to be made, not going to be as impressive looking as the rest of the structure, but it has the key function. Right. And too often we look for the key pieces of God's will to be the really flashy ones, flashy things in life. Mm -hmm. Whereas it may just be as simple as a collection of sticks and rods held together. That is strong enough to keep out the predator. Hmm. Yeah. Strong enough. Uh, The thing that I... You know, I, I hope I can only hope to be strong enough. Um, I mean, what more could what more could we realistically uh, hope for? Well, yeah. And, um, and the nice thing is it, he doesn't say we are it. Right. So so we don't have to be that kind of strong. We're the dumb sheep who are like, what? <laughs> I mean, that really resonates with me. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Dumb sheep, I know that. I I know this. Uh, I know this well. Um, uh, Though uh, at this moment, I do have to recommend Sean the Sheep, the cartoon. I have not heard of this. Oh my goodness! It's on various streaming services now. It's been out for years. It's been out so long that I have a box set of the early episodes. It's British. Whoa! So okay. great. Uh, clim- claymation and Sean the sheep is brilliant. I mean, the actual sheep is brilliant. Um, and is leader of a small flock with a very silly farmer and a very smart herding dog. And oh, mm-hmm. it is so good. You gotta, Oh, I'm just so surprised you haven't seen it. It's like the entry level drug for Monty Python. <laughs> I got gotcha. you. Okay, because children can watch it, and then when they're older, those children can watch, or teenagers can watch Monty Python and go, "Oh, it's like Sean the Sheep." Got it. Lots cool. of silliness. Lots of silliness. Well, I mean, yeah, I could do that. <laughs> Thoroughly I, recommend I, it. I can deal. I, I can dig silliness. Yeah, it's it's one of those things that humans of all ages can sit down and enjoy together. Right, right, right. Okay, Sean the Sheep. It's going on. Sean the Sheep. Your life will be better for seeing it. <laughs> this isn't like a Wallace and Gromit kind of a thing, is it? Yes. Is it really? Yeah, it's the same guy. Oh, maybe I have heard of this. I don't think I've. I know I haven't seen it, but I. I, I, I yeah, I think, I have, I, I think Sean appears in one of the Wallace and Gromits, but I'm not positive. Gotcha. Okay. All right. I hear you. I see you. Uh, <laughs> anything else about this passage before we sign off for the day um, it continues on with Jesus again as I said before playing with the various 
images of shepherds. So once again, it's a good thing to read the whole chapter in one sitting. Sure. No, I always encouraged, right? Always, always. Encouraged. always. So, um, well, very good. I think, I think with that, we will, uh, call to a close this, your podcast for April 30th. The which which Sunday in uh, Easter was this? This was the fourth, the fourth Sunday yeah. of Easter yeah. in year A. Um, as always, we encourage you to visit our website to uh, to learn more about what's going on in the church and what's coming up. Uh, that is holyfamilyfishers.org. And on Sunday, we will uh, have uh, an eight o'clock service and a ten o'clock service, with the ten o'clock service uh, being broadcast live on our YouTube channel HFEC Videos. Uh, also nine on nine okay. o'clock, we'll be continuing our series on the dangers of Christian nationalism. So yes, still dangerous, still relevant. Um, yes. So, uh, I like it. I like, uh, I like, uh, I like that plug. Thank so, you. uh, and then, um, and then, yeah, a lot of, feel free to uh, email us with uh, questions and comments, beratements, uh, uh, reproach. <laughs> Uh, at shortcut at hfec.org. Uh, and until next week, I'm Ben. I'm Bruce. And we'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.